Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, hello, Seattle. Hello, Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and your Commodore of cocktails. Hope you have some great summer drinks going on. It's, uh, well, it's July and uh, the sun has shown up and it's been a great summer so far. Hope you had a great uh, Independence Day and uh, are having um, some good food and some good wine, some good beer, some good ciders, some cocktails. What else is there? Uh, mead. We could talk about that. <laughs> um, lots going on. Of course, there's all sorts of tastings. There's the, the, the neighborhood walks, whether you're going to Edmonds or Bothell or Kirkland. Uh, Seattle and Corked always hosts a bunch of those uh, events where you can get out and uh, visit stores and do some shopping, but also do some sipping and strolling and have a good time. Uh, of course, it's Backyard Barbecue time. I got my grill fired up, uh, excited about, uh, you know, I was at Trader Joe's the other day, and I kind of dug on some of their ribeye steaks, and it's it's interesting, and I don't want to seem like I'm un-American, but the steaks were, I think, were from Mexico, and I was like, really? But they tasted so good. They tasted honest. They tasted like real happy cows <laughs> or cattle, uh, where sometimes you get a steak, you go to like the Safeway or wherever you are, and it's like, mm, that just didn't taste like really anything. And I think we've, we're kind of the big industry. Anyway, that's my little share. My little tidbit is go to Trader Joe's. We've got one uh, by my house, and um, I really dig it. Uh, 20 bucks goes a lot farther than um, some of those other stores, Whole Foods. <clears throat> uh, of course, I'm not an Amazon Prime member yet. Um, one of these days I'll work up to, uh, as soon as I get rid of my dial-up, I think I'll be able to work on Amazon. Anyway, it's uh, it's a happy Saturday night. hope you got something great going on at your place or heading someplace fun and tasty. Uh, I've got uh, a Washington winemaker. He's um, he's a young man, and he's already has a couple, five, six vintages under his own belts with his family winery and his, uh, his collaboration with his lovely wife. But he's been in the business working for a couple of the stalwarts, the icons, the, the big men. <laughs> the black shirt gang, if you will. I always think about seeing Charlie Oppis and, of course, Brennan Layton and Charles Smith uh, in their black shirts and uh, with their uh, ominous um, presence in the room. But without further ado, it's Seth Kitsky. He's got a winery called Upside Down Wine. He's turning the, it's like a semis, Southern Hemisphere wine, I think. <laughs> we'll find out. Hey, Seth, welcome to Happy Hour. Yeah, thanks for having me today. Yeah, well, I'm glad you could take off Saturday night here in the big city. I know you live uh, on the east side, but let's talk about it. Let's see. You're a young man. We figured that out. And uh, you got into, um, did you have keggers in high school? Uh, my parents will probably be listening, so no. No? Okay, perfect. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, they were lots of fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when did you first get into this idea of, of uh, liking or working in wine? I had no choice, um, pretty much. I was born into the farm, cherries, apples, we planted grapes, and uh, got into it, planted our vineyard uh, in 2000, so just always worked and managed our vineyard growing up. Oh, hold on. All right. So you come from a, a Washington family? Oh, yeah. All right. And how many generations have been in agriculture? Uh, I'm the third. You're so. the third generation? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, what's the name of the... Is it a farm? Is it a ranch? Is it... Uh, it's just Kitsky Family Vineyards Kits- now. Now. So. Did, did the cher- cherries and... 
What else was there? <laughs> we Apples? just got, we just got done with cherry uh, cherry harvest, so we have like ten acres left of cherries, and uh, I can't wait till they're gone and it's wine grapes. Really? Yeah. Uh, how was the cherry season? Because cherries good. are very pe- peculiar. They're the, they're the Pinot Noir of fruit, aren't they? It, <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect. That's perfect. Um, yeah, it was a good season. Um, great conditions. So. No migrating birds. No um, hailstorms. No rainstorms bursting. Yeah, we 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 skipped out on all those. And we, you had enough labor, huh? That is, we did. You uh, did, but that's one reason that I uh, I like grapes. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. You, do you shake the cherry tree, or how's that work? We our cherry trees are like sixty years old, so they're like the fourteen foot high ones that oh. you got to climb ladders on, and wow. no one wants to pick those. Really? Uh, didn't I mean no? Everything's on trellis systems now, like grapes, so it's like six feet tall, easy okay. to just stand on the ground. And like pick. those apple, I see that they've they've very figured out how to grow apples uh, productively and efficiently. It's like two V's or whatever yeah. it is. I'm a big cherry fan. Now, um, you've been growing cherries for a long time, and I hate to digress because this is Happy Hour Radio, but I love cherries. So there are several different kinds of black cherries, right? Oh yeah. Do you yeah. know the names? Um we only grew Bings and Vans. Vans. They're Chinook. Chinook. Uh we have a little bit of Rainiers. Those are okay. the not black cherries. Right. The but, white. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's what we had. I know there's a bunch of Can more you taste now. the difference? Oh yeah. Being a wine guy? Oh yeah. Can you? What's what's the difference? Bings have a lot more acid. They're like brighter, darker fruit. Really? Um, Vans are Vans are really dark fruit, but they're kind of flabby. And then uh Chinook's kind of flabby too. Do they ripen at the same time? No, uh, no. Really? Van, vans are always first, and then uh, um, bings are usually later. But um, And with your wine yeah. knowledge, d- is there malic acid, or is it citric acid? Is it uh, oh, sisonic acid? Is yeah, it- I, I'm not. I've never geeked out that hard to know. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, what's all we do is drink and geek out here. And it's have you it, it's not malic acid. I so, know that. Well, there might be some in there, but it just do- it, it doesn't taste harsh, obviously. Uh-huh. You know, so. Yeah, what about tannin? Was there, is there more tannin in one of them? Um, but there's really not a lot of tannin. It never seems to be a bitter cherry. I, yeah, no, I don't know if there's more tannin, but I know that like that's why um, Bing's are so popular is because the high acid I think accentuates the flavor. So there, sure. so there might be similar tannin, or it could just be that acid accentuated. Actually, because so. then it makes it's like lemonade. You're not just having something honey. You're having lemon and honey, and therefore it tastes more interesting. Yeah, yeah. All right. So um, you got in the wine business. You worked for Charlie Hoppus uh, first. And what year was this? Um, so my family, when they got started back in 2005, they had him- Kitsky Cellars. Kitsky Cellars, yeah. yeah. So they started making the wine. And uh, I was just around it all the time. I, didn't ne- I never worked crush for him, but I was just in there a lot. So- uh, yeah, I worked with him pretty much on all the. So you were what, eighteen at yeah. the time? Yeah, I yeah. lose track. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be like thirty here soon. It's gonna be weird. Um, okay, <laughs> so thirteen. <laughs> no, five, yeah, 18, I, yeah, then? I don't know. It was, uh, and I was in and out all the time. I mean, I would be skateboarding out front more than I was actually in the cellar. But you know, I definitely learned a lot. And he's in too. Pasco, right? He's in Richland. Richland. Yeah. I get confused. So Richland, Pasco, and then Kennewick's on the other side of the river? Yep. All right. Oh, no, oh, Pasco's on Pasco's the other side of the, uh, other side of the yeah, river. Yep. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, three yeah, rivers. It's You know, especially when you're down there seeing double, it's like six. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> you, you don't even know where Richland ends and goes into Kennewick. You just drive. I look for like the suburbia. mushroom cloud. The, yeah. uh, <laughs> what's it, the bomber? No, my buddy's got a- Yeah, dude, I, it's the bombers. My buddy has a fast food place down there. What's it called? The Iceberg or the Bomber Inn or something? And it's a fast food joint in Richland. 
Oh, what? Well, now I now I'll, I'll have to follow up. With yeah, that. Uh, yeah, we'll get you on there. Uh, all right. So you worked for Charlie Hoppus. When did you first actually taste a wine and go, "Wow, this is good," or "I like it," or "This is, you know, really special"? Or, this is like great ice cream, right? We had that moment, or really good pizza. It's not. Dude, so so everyone in wine has like these surreal moments where they're like, Epiphany. "I had this wine," and I just like, I, I never had that though, like, cause I was never really, I didn't grow up around the romantic side of wine. I grew up in like, it's a hundred degrees out there, and I'm gonna be training and you know working in the vineyard, so I never had like that romantic side till. So you were drinking the champagne on. of beers. Um, yeah, actually that high life, that was my first beer. (laughs) That's it. Mine too. It was good. I'm from Milwaukee though. So there you go. Takes me back. Um, all right. Did you, what were some of the duties you had at, uh, Charlie Hoppus outside of skateboarding and. Oh, I would just, I would help him with like blending. I'd be in there. You would help him with blending. Yeah. Oh yeah. You would be the pedestrian palette at the time or the, you know what, see if. It was me, my parents, uh, their friends, Phil and Linda. I see. Okay. We would all All get in there. But, I mean, I would go in there during fermentations and look at stuff. That was the first time I started actually thinking about yeasts and, you know, just, like, looking around. And Did learning. you ever go over to the ferment tank when it's bubbling and just breathe deep for a while? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Kind of cool, huh? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. <laughs> you don't even need a paper bag for that Whoa, one. <laughs> dude, I'm so lightheaded. Uh, <laughs> at least you don't fall in. Uh, and uh, he's called the Wine Boss, and he's got a huge facility over there. It's uh, really a co- cooperative where he helps people make wine and, and uh, wineries uh, produce wine. And I think he does some private label stuff as well. Um, he, of course, Charlie is an old Chateau Saint-Michel alumni mm-hmm. and, uh, of course, joins the ranks of most of them, whether it's Wade Wolf or... Uh, 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 Ron Bonnell or uh, Mike Janik, and yep. the list goes on and on. Uh, why did your f- parents want to get into wine? Uh, well, they, my my mom will romance. Tell, yeah, no, my mom will tell you she just wanted grapes planted around our house on Candy Mountain because they look so pretty. And our neighbor, who uh, I actually get grapes from now, he has like uh, Merlot and Cab that was planted in the seventies. So it's just as old as some of the oldest stuff on Red Mountain, but it's on Candy Mountain. Hmm. So. It's kind of, he always had stuff. He was right next door to us, and so he kind of was. Why do they call it Candy Mountain? Because I know that the Red Mountain is named after the cheatgrass, the color of the cheatgrass that grows on Red Mountain. So so they all make sense, and I actually met a lady at a pouring in Seattle one time that told me uh, she knew why. So I was like, what's up with it? Why do they call it Candy Mountain? Apparently back in the 20s, the dude that owned all the land wanted to build a theme park on it. So he named it Candy Mountain. Really? And then, uh, obviously, that never happened. Because you have Badger Mountain on the other side, so nothing. Oh, I'm wondering who was going to go there. (laughs) Hey, you know, people dream. Boat races used to bring a lot of people to the Tri-Cities. Come Uh, on. I know that's a fading uh, industry. It's too bad. That sport, you know, it's no longer on television. I see. I didn't even know it was on television. Oh man! Well, you'll get one of those. But so. but you know, I got to see it firsthand all the time. Yeah. Uh, well, that's cool. So interesting. That's a good story. Should we believe that one? The guy wanted who owned who owned all the land wanted to put a resort up there and call it Candy Mountain. Hey, I'm going with it. It makes sense. Like, I mean, what you got Badger Mountain on the other side. You got Red Mountain. You got Rattlesnake Hills. I thought Badger Mountain was named just because guy wanted to make uh, what's his name out there making all that powers, right? Isn't yeah. he Badger? Yeah. yeah, he's on Badger. Yeah. Exactly. I never get it. Yeah. Uh, interesting stuff, but this is good. So now we know why Red Mountain, everybody, Red Mountain is named after the color of the cheatgrass, which grows on the mountain, which turns red, I think, in the fall. 
or some point. Um, spring. Spring. Yeah, there you go. Spring. See, it's fall in the southern hemisphere. Yes, yes. <laughs> Somewhere. Uh, this is fun. Having a good time with Seth Kitsky. He um, is uh, the winemaker for his uh, namesake winery with his family, the Kitsky Cellars there in uh, Tri-Cities. Yep, in Richland. On in Candy Richland, Mountain. On Candy Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got his own project called Upside Down. Now, you also worked for um, Charles Smith. Yeah. Yeah. That was a one year, one and done. That was a one and done deal. Yeah, um, kind of like uh, what do they call that? Probation. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Uh, no, it was a blast uh, working there. I met a lot of good people. I'm still friends with everyone there. It's just awesome people. So, uh, can can you believe the, the the fortune that he has been able to produce from his uh, humble van? <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's. I mean, he was he was before his time. Like he paved a way, like to make marketing and wine fun, like so. Part of that I don't care attitude, right? Or this is you know, I mean, yeah, it's it's just like bold and brash. Anything anything rubs off. Like I mean, for him it was the rock industry. For me, it's skateboarding and snowboarding. So you know, like that sort of stuff influences color schemes. Upside down, maybe. Upside down, Uh exactly, and. Yeah, I so. used to get those skateboard magazines back in 1978, nine and eighty when I was a big skateboarder. You still got them? Uh, I wish I did. Oh man, I, I know. It, yeah, they were so cool. Like you know, California, all those pools. Dude, they're sick. I found a guy in like West Seattle on Craigslist that had like pretty much from like '79 through like '90 of snowboard and skateboard magazines, and he was giving them away for free on Craigslist. Oh boy, and I went and got them. West Side, man. Yeah, that's really fun. Yeah. All right, so you brought some wine today, and these are your your uh, um, production, your creations, you and uh, we're going to talk about some of your vineyard sites. But um, uh, you know, when you think about, I want to know what you learned from Charles Smith. You said marketing, but was what what could you take away? What did you say? God, that's the secret sauce. I mean, you can say it now. I mean, to be honest, like the. The marketing for like Upside Down, we already had going when I was there, and I was like, man, I really hope that like he doesn't get like bummed because it's like I'm a big black because you're white black and white guy, too. yeah, yeah, you know. But uh, but no, everyone was cool with it. Um, but I mean, I'd say like the biggest thing, you know, between like UC Davis winemaker and then uh, you know everyone else, but it has a lot to do with the fermentation type. The fermentation. So, yeah. There is the secret sauce. We're going to yeah. chat more about that. Hey, I got Seth Kitsky with Upside Down Wine Cellars. Uh, he's right here in studio, and I got three wines to taste. So stick around. We'll be right back here on Happy Hour Radio. Tune it in and turn it up. Cruise home with Kirby. The Kirby Wilbur Show, live and local. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle Sommelier, Christopher Chan. All right, welcome back. Time for round two. Hope you have a great Saturday night. I've got uh, Mr. Saturday Night here, Seth Kitsky of Upside Down. Upside down wine cellars, upside down wine. You was like you uh, keg stands. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, he's out of uh, Candy Mountain in Richland, and he's in Seattle today, battling the traffic, enjoying uh, the beautiful uh, urban environment. Um, we were talking about uh, some of the secret sauce, the tricks, the secrets, the the super handshakes that you do with Charles Smith, um, and it's about fermentation, right? Which really adds that extra level of luxury i think if you know what you're doing with the fermentation it's not too hot it's not too cold yeah. it just creates 
it's like baking a cake the right temperature. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think like a, and every cake has a different temperature if it's from a different vineyard site. So you really got to know the vineyard sites. Too. Right. So it's talking about pH. And of course, when you think about it, fermentation, uh, the alcohol, uh, it also challenges uh, tannin and uh, color and all those things work together. It's it, We think it's just like, oh, it just turns out to be wine. Well, there's a little bit more to it if you want to be great and have that signature uh, for your wine. And you worked with Charlie Hoppus, who's known for making uh, what I believe to be um, very good quality wines, and that's a, that's an innocuous statement. But he he has great texture. Um, he's relatively uh, diligent on his use of oak. He's never over extracted. His 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 wines are always ripe. Um, I think they're varietally correct. They they give you the great expression, and they're pleasant. I mean, he makes oh, yeah. good, delicious wine. And um, you know, when I first met Charles Smith back in 1998, he came over to the Rainier Club when I was hosting a wine dinner in his black T-shirt. I'm like, oh my god, everyone else is in suit and tie. Um, but he had he had some help too, and he had some help from a very good vineyard on, and um, I think that's that's kind of how you you pass it down, and that's why it's good to have all this exposure. Now you had your family had a winemaker prior to you, um, and then when did you join Seth uh, Kitsky Sellers? So I really started influencing the wines on fifteen and working with Charlie, the wine whisperer. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. So okay. we we changed some stuff up that they weren't really used to there, so. Um, you mean the, the Kitsky Sellers weren't used to, or the wine bo- boss? Both, yeah, okay. both. So we just did. Um, Fifteen was a hot year, so we did uh, some co-fermented blends. I thought and it stuff was, like well. That, so. It seems to be hot over there, but it's. I thought it was like the the good vintage for Washington. It was like everything was right on track. Dude, I think. I think 17 is just going to kill everything. <laughs> okay, good. At least we're getting better. Um, but, but also to note here that you are a graduate of the uh, South Seattle uh, College Campus Northwest Wine Academy. Yep. When did you finish there? Um, I did that program in 13, I think. Okay. Yeah. And I saw on Facebook that I missed uh, Peter's farewell party. I, I did, too. I was bummed. Yeah, it looked um, like a good cake, a big wine bottle. <laughs> yeah, I... It's, I've just been gone too much lately, and yeah, I couldn't make it up here. And then I was coming up here this week, too, and yeah, I wish I could have made it. Well, I had no idea that Peter lived all the way over there. I mean, he travels Dude. ferry, and he's like, yeah. he and then he was there for what, 12 years or something? Yeah, a long time. Yeah, a long time. Yeah. Uh, pr- certainly put a signature there, and uh, there's a, a host of esteemed graduates that are out there in the community now and in the industry, and uh, it's it's a great spot. And I think it's it's kind of interesting now because of Reggie's departure. Uh, Miranda Porterfield was never there, um, but they have some new blood there, and they're going to really it's the, it's the second wave. And I think they the, the only way to go up is up. Um, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so too. because for me it was awesome because I lived in Seattle for seven years. And I would go back, work in the vineyards in the summer, and then, uh, like, just stay with my parents on and off. But my wife had a job in Seattle. So if I wanted to go to wine school, and, not, like, honestly, I wanted to go to Walla Walla originally. Sure. Yeah. Um, but that just wasn't an option. We couldn't just pack up and leave and go to Walla Walla. So that gave me the option of at least learning. Well, you learnings. could. Well, yeah, 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 right. <laughs> um, that at least gave me the option of learning fundamentals, you know, so... All right, and you started uh, Upside Down Wine Cellars. Upside Down Cellars? Yep. When? Uh, it's Upside Down Wine. But, upside uh, Down Wine. Yeah, Our f- well, so our first wine was back in like 2008. My parents did like a table wine that had me snowboarding on it upside down. So that's where the idea came from. I remember that logo. Yeah. So when I got involved, I was like, Upside Down's way too cool of a name for you know it just to be that. So we made it into its own thing. 13, we made a GSM. That was our first wine. 
and then uh you still there. make the gsm oh yeah yeah isn't gsm like the one of the best blends it's like damn it just works it, it, from anywhere too I, like exactly. from anywhere it's like the best it's could, the best wine a little more of this a little more of that yeah. it don't matter it yeah. all just works yep it's like uh, it's the stone soup of <laughs> grape varieties. You brought three wines here. Uh, let's talk about this first red wine. Yeah, the first one's uh, it's a Grenache, uh, co-fermented with a tiny bit of Mavedra, ten percent. But that's from our Dead Poplar Vineyard, so that's out near Red Mountain. Dead Poplar. Yeah, so it's uh, very creative. Yeah, there's tons of dead poplars around it. <laughs> so, <laughs> sure. so uh, poplar trees are the big, tall, skinny ones for the people that didn't grow up around at orchards, but. Uh, yeah, it's a it's kind of a, a north facing site, so you get a lot more hang time on it. Are all of your vineyards on Candy Mountain, or do you said you source from a neighbor or something? So this is our vineyard. This is uh, out in Yakima Valley, um, not on Candy Mountain, and but all the Kitsky stuff is pretty much Candy Mountain. Uh, interesting. So which part of Yakima Valley is this vineyard? It's basically if you took Red Mountain exit and didn't go towards Red Mountain, you went the oh, other interesting. way. Okay. So it's a, it butts up against Horse Heaven Horse Hills. Heaven, right. Yeah. So I've only been up that road to turn around. <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. Or if you if, if you want to go from Richland to to Portland, go the back way. Yes, you can go a lot faster that way. Yeah, can you? Yeah, oh, there's yeah. no cops. <laughs> Whatever. Um, have you tasted a lot of Grenache in your life? Did you did you uh, taste the wines of Spain? Did you taste the wines of the Rhone Valley? Did you taste Australia? Did you? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Grenache. It's a toss up between Grenache and Mavedra, but. Grenache is probably my f- most favorite varietal in the yeah, world. Yeah, it's uh, it's a very flexible grape. It, of course, the red fruit, you can get some dark fruit flavors there, and it works well with a little, you know, pretty, it can go take a good dollop, but um, for the most part, it's just, it's really a delicious wine. It doesn't have a lot of acidity, doesn't have a lot of tannin, mm-hmm. uh, and this wine, to me, um, this is what I would look for in a Grenache. It's, it's a very, it's fleshy, it's easy drinking, uh, it has a little bit of that, a um, little bit of the dark red cherry in there, but I, and I get it on the nose. There's a little bit of spice on the nose. Now, you're using this. Let me taste it again. Is that 10% new oak? No, there's no, no, no new oak. oak. Yeah. But uh, but it is on the leaves the whole time, so it okay. fattens it up quite a bit. Yep. Yeah. You know, I've been struggling with that. I was a tasting group the other day. It's like oak and leaves. I, you get this texture, and mm, I will ace that by next year. Trust me, everybody. All right, so... <laughs> It's called Upside Down Wine. This is just called the 2013 Grenache? Oh, 2016. 20, this so is 16? These are all 16s. Oh, great. Yeah. All right. That's um, a very fresh wine and mm-hmm. well-balanced. You didn't have to do anything to this wine. Yeah. I mean, if you wanted to get super geeky on it and be like uh, one of the big enthusiasts, you could call it a natural wine. There's no yeast, no water acid additions done. Uh, which Natural is, ferment, you mean? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then, How long uh, did that take? Um... <laughs> It uh, usually they're like fourteen days ish down there. And the secret is the fermentation temperature, right? Uh, yeah, that has a big part in how much you're extracting. But also, when you're doing natural fermentations without inoculation, inoculations tend to go faster, right? Because they're bred, they're bred to right. So that like this, you know, you, it might st- not start fermenting for five six days, which is pretty common. Yeah, and a little bit scary, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely scary. But I mean, that's when you the blow ma- some bubbles in there. <laughs> that's when on. the magic happens, though. You know, the magic, so. right? The polymer action. Um, cool. What are the other two wines we have? Uh, we have a Mavedra and then oh, a great. Syrah. Excellent. So. And you, sixteen. You talked about fifteen being hot. Uh, where was sixteen for you? 
16 was I, I thought it was pretty good um, it was definitely got a little bit warmer towards the end of the vintage um, but like I said it's like at least with our sites for, for these two of these varietals it's like we held acid you know being north facing and just not okay. not having to maybe get as much sun but I mean we definitely hold a little more acid out there it's interesting too with the extra daylight hours we get here in this latitude you could think that a north side you wouldn't be missing out too much because you still have radiated second you know what to call second hand light yeah yeah <laughs> no. well I mean like most of Walla Walla is like north facing <laughs> you know like people don't it's think true. about think about it that much but most of the vineyards are all right so this is more vet yeah all right hmm mm, there's the spice white pepper yeah, the, these guys do take a while. That's why I poured them right when I got in here because I didn't have time to open them beforehand because they just take a while to oh, open up. Oh, wow. Yummy. Um, yeah, that's why I love this. I love Morved. I made my rosé out of Morved since. So I think Morved is beautifully balanced. It's interesting. It's complex. Um, it's also charming. It's, it's, it's like Grenache's more interesting... Hotter sister. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely a little sharper, a little darker, you know. Maybe just done up a she, little yeah, bit more often. The one who plays in the band and has a, a nose ring. Uh, <laughs> know gosh. about that. Let's talk about uh, your label's black and white. It seems like, you know, we it's very clear, transparent. Um, it's one drop. It's a golden drop, I see. Oh, there. Yeah. who's that? Um, so so the all of our state wines are we call it the gold drop collection okay um, hey, so right. it's just white and has a gold drop like you said um they call they come from our state vineyards and then they work with it's called a21 they fight human trafficking around the world oh so 20 percent of the net proceeds from each bottle sold goes to that all right well we're gonna chat about how you got into that uh cause which is a very good cause i know that it's uh it seems our world is changing uh the dynamic of gender is changing and um of course uh the wines are getting better along with that which is really cool i've got seth kitsky who is the winemaker the founder co-owner of upside down wine we just tasted his 2016 grenache and uh i'm enjoying the 2016 morved part of the gold drop series is the state wines and uh, we got one more wine coming up next so hey folks stick around be right back here on five 70 KVI. Two regular guys separated by 20 years and a full head of hair. Mark Lee and Van Camp. Weekdays 9 to noon. Talk Radio 570 KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Time for another round of Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. Hey everybody, time for round three. I've got three glasses of wine in front of me and uh, two down, one to go. Thanks for joining us for our third segment. We're here every Saturday night, 6 to 7 o'clock on 570 KVI. And if you, can, if you ever missed a show, remember we've got a website. It's called happyhourradio.net. Of course, check out the Facebook page, send us questions, and if you want to do some tweeting, it's at Happy HR Radio. Um, here with Seth Kitsky, who is the winemaker for Kitsky Cellars, and uh, he's worked for Charlie Hoppus, uh, Charles Smith, and a graduate of the Northwest Wine Academy. He's uh, on his, what, you said this, you started your vintage in eight? Um, like, I got involved in 15. 15, okay. Yeah. But for your own label, what was the first year? Oh, 13. 13. Uh, that's why I said 13 in my head before. All right, so uh, you've got a couple years on your belt. Right now, um, congratulations. You missed 10 and 11, which I think were the challenging years for, for people just getting into it. Uh, I think those those years- Two of my will, favorite years. Will, will prove very rewarding yeah. based on the, the structure of those wines. We have no problem getting ripeness here in- uh, uh, <laughs> 
America in wa- in Washington. Uh, we just have problem with uh, the acidity and the structure, and sometimes it's great, and sometimes you need to balance it out. And, and these wines are very very balanced, Seth. You've, the, the thirteen, excuse me, the fifteen. 16 Grenache and the 16 Morvedre. I really dig this Morvedre. What are the price points for your Gold Drop series? Uh, 45. 45 bucks. Yep. I'm not joking, folks. That's uh, that's a delicious bottle of wine. Do you have some on premise? Do you have some restaurants that people are supporting this uh, variety? We uh, we don't just right just now. to the masses. Yeah, because uh, this was the first year where we we. Pulled some from the GSM and did varietals. Oh, okay. So, so it's uh, a new project, yeah, a new, so, new facet. So we did 50 cases of the Grenache, and we did uh, 75 cases of the Maved, and then the Syrah we did, like 100. Oh, so UpsideDownWine.com? Uh, yeah, UpsideDownWine.com or DrinkUpsideDownWine.com. And, and so the, the, the reason behind the name is because you were just hanging in your snowboard doing what, the pipe jumps or... I used to, yeah. I used hitting, to hitting tra- the pipe? I used to, and I, and I actually never did... did pipe either either types um <laughs> i know but uh yeah no uh when i when i got involved it was just like i worked in the vineyard so i could support my traveling and snowboarding in the winter because as a semi-professional snowboarder and that means they pretty much give you nothing so <laughs> so free, I, free lift ticket <laughs> yeah you're just a stunt monkey with branding all over you but uh yeah we would go around filming and stuff and that's how i'd really support my winners so oh fun yeah uh well i really dig them is the morved 100 percent the Marved has 10% Grenache co-fermented. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, did you play with different percentages of blends, or did that sort of how it turned out? You took 10% um, of this one. You they're, took ten- they're, they're always like they're always like almost ready at the exact same time. Mm. Um, so for me, it was just I did uh, originally did on our one of our first GSMs. I did a Grenache Mavedra co-ferment. For and then added in the Syrah because the Syrah was picked way earlier, so I always really liked Grenache and Mavedra co-fermented together. And uh, I mean, Mavedra is spicy and yes. peppery and just like it has dark fruit, it has bright red fruit, and so like getting a little bit of the Grenache and getting like almost a little bit of that like uh, I always call it sagebrush because that's what I mm-hmm. associate yeah. with. No, I get with, some of that smell, Grenache. right? Uh, people say underbrush, whatever they want to call it, but uh, it just gave it like. A little bit more because, like, my least favorite thing is when a Mavet is overripe. It's just like jam. Yeah, and you, like you lose. Uh, you just lose so much. It's personality. Yeah. Um, so you have a third wine. It looks very dark purple. It's Syrah. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent Syrah. So okay. And this is Candy Mountain Syrah, and it's trained really freaking rad. And by rad, I mean different. And yeah, like <laughs> radical. Super. Super. Uh, do they have a tubular system or something? Uh, it's just like like liar style that has two cordons. Mm. It's like it's trained east-west, so it gets sun on one side the whole day. And then uh, basically it cordones out and then comes up. And then there's no catch wire, so it like hangs down. It's just it's bizarre. You got to see it. Like there's pictures of it on our Instagram. Okay. Upside down wine. All right. And what's your Instagram handle? Upside down wine. Upside down wine. Yeah. Got it. Um, this this syrah. This is very expressive syrah. Now I'm I'm getting a little coffee on it. Did you put some oak on this? Um, we just added coffee. You did. Okay. No. Good. no, no, no. Uh, actually, this is all like this is all put in second fill barrels, so there's no new oak on this wine. Um. The Syrah from Candy Mountain right there is just like every year, like during fermentation, I'm like, damn, there's no fruit. Like it smells like just beans. It smells like you're in a roastery. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wild. Um, 
and I always get worried. Like this was my first year doing it. I'm like, damn, am I going to have to blend this away? Um, just cause, <laughs> just cause there's, there was no fruit and it's like, we did half whole cluster. So it's like, you're getting a lot of stimminess, a lot of stuff, but it really like, it really came around mm. and it's like, and it's also, I pick, I pick it earlier. So it's 13 and a half percent alcohol. Good. So it's, it's lower, lower alcohol. Um, just again, trying to preserve as much of that. Yeah, it smells like coffee in the nose, but there's, I'm not getting wood tannin on, on the palate. And the tannin structure here, you have a very gentle press. I mean, you punch down once a day or something? or Twice a day. Twice a day. Yeah. Uh, it's a gentle, you must have, you must use the left hand. Um, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a delicious um, Syrah. How old are the vines here for the Grenache, Morved, and Syrah? The Grenache and Morved were planted in 2006. And then the Syrah was planted in, I want to say, like, 98. Wow. That's when my family planted our vineyard in 2006 as well, after we harvested the wheat. Sweet. Uh, Yeah. What Uh, do you guys have planted? We have six varieties, all red, uh, Merlot, Cab, Syrah, Grenache, Morved, and Tempranillo. Where at? Right above, uh, yeah, Old Mill Creek Lane, um, just down from K Vintners, right above Wall Wall Vintners. Okay. It's our house up there in the sweet Figgins and Amaris. It I'll is. Sweet. I'll drive by next time. Please do drive by. A lot of people go up there and have a picnic because it's because uh, we're never home. <laughs> <laughs> Although folks are there uh, right now as we speak, which is pretty fun. And I'll be heading over there. I got to get over there. I got to go check in with you know the prisoners. <laughs> that's where they head because they know you're never home that's right yeah exactly um it's safer over there instead yeah. of our gated community which uh, is pretty funny uh well you've you've got a, a deft hand here I, I think it's interesting to taste um i've tasted a lot of wines a lot of young winemakers and and they're still trying to find their way obviously you had good tutelage because you've seen the process done and i think one of the challenges as a young winemaker you don't necessarily always have access or um, are aware of where the vineyards are that you need to source from to provide right. this, to make the style that you want or you think you want. That's a key. It's like, I mean, before I even knew how to make wine, I was like, this is what I want to do. You know, like I always, I knew, I, I know on Candy Mountain, like we do a co-fermented Bordeaux blend every year and it doesn't matter the year. I know how to, I know I can get the numbers within the box because I know which parts of the vineyard are more stressed than other parts. And it's like, you can make it work, but you have to be really in tune. Most people don't have that luxury because they're sourcing from five different vineyards to get five different. Yeah, they're just trying to get it. Let's do it. Yeah. So it's yeah, I get I get it. And I've seen a lot of it. And it's interesting, too, because the winemakers, uh, those first two, three vintages, uh, by the fourth or fifth vintage, they typically found their their rhythm, their their tact, yeah. uh, and they found some fruit sources that they like, and they've had enough vintages that are kind of similar so they know exactly when to pick and what the re- return is. It's interesting, too, because I, d- I don't know that a lot of the new winemakers uh, drink enough international wine to get a good perspective of what what Washington really is and where the place is. Like I I cannot stress that enough because um, that'll that'll sh- it, you get house palate. Don't drink. I mean, drink Washington wine. Buy all my wine. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> but like yeah, it's important to try other wines from around the world, especially as a winemaker, because it's too easy to get in this zone, and especially in Washington. I think we're going through a switch right now, but. Uh, it's like everyone makes these 15% alcohol wines that are made for Robert Parker and Wine Advocate. No pun intended. Like, it's they're great wines. You know, it's just we need to focus on something that's a little bit more fresh and just a little bit different and has more acid to it, I think. And I think that's coming. 
I think most when when the 750 wineries that existed here pulling fruit in 2010 and 2011 realized uh, last year in 2015, 2016 how great those wines were showing and how well yeah. that they the fruit and the structure and, and the elegance was. I think that I didn't have to spend more on New Oak. I didn't have to worry about the ripeness level. So yeah. maybe I can take a little back and still have the wine I want that shows better because a lot of times we make wine. Uh, you know, I want to make chili for dinner tonight. No, I want to make chili for dinner on f- on Monday night. So I'm going to start it now, right? So yeah. as a wine person, as a winemaker, you're like, I'm making this wine the best I can now, but I want it to be, you know, in Colt Road C, they're like, yeah, you can't drink it now. No, it's going to be ready in 15 years. Like in Barolo, like that's just how they think. Yeah. And so they don't think about making wine now and have to, but of course we have to sell it. We have to sell it. That's a, that's a key. And most people in the U.S. do not have wine cellars. No, <laughs> so. they, they don't. Uh, you know, it's funny. Maybe we should just move to like one liter bottles and everything should be screw cap. I would be like, I, I don't know. I'm still torn. Like I, I love, I love corks, but dude, you, you got a great argument there. That you could spend an hour just talking about that. I know. Well, we have spent a lot of time talking about it. And I'm enjoying this uh, chance to speak with you. Seth Kitsky of Upside Down Wine Cellars. We're going to chat about his family wine. We're here when we come back for our fourth and final segment. So stick around, folks. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. He's live, he's local, he's all Northwest. Lars Larson, weekdays noon to 3, talk radio 570 KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, happy Saturday night. Uh, It's our fourth and final segment, and I only have three glasses. What am I going to do? Well, I'm here with Seth Kitsky, is the uh, founder uh, with his lovely wife of Upside Down Wine, and uh, he actually comes from a wine family, an agricultural, you're the third generation uh, harvester, if you will. Um, You have a a brand called Kitsky Cellars. Tell me about that. Yeah, so uh, Kitsky Cellars is my family's, started in 2005, um, with the idea of just growing grapes and selling the fruit, because that's what we did with cherries and apples, and... One thing leads to another, and all of a sudden you got a t- small tasting room on your vineyard that's a converted old garage that's rad, you know, right on the vineyard. And then, uh, yeah, I guess the the rest is history from there. But, I mean, we only make a 1,000 cases of wine, and that's what it's going to be. You're doing something uh, which is a unique grape, but I think for any place uh, in the world outside of Italy, <laughs> it's Nebbiolo. Yeah. Um, so Nebbiolo, we do a Sangiovese that's from Candy Mountain, that's a uh, like trained liar style and that's another one that's awesome you don't have to do anything to it uh, the nebbiolo we actually get from coyote canyon in the horse heaven hills so that is the one varietal we don't grow and the problem is we just started doing it and then like you said no one does it so it, people just expect us to have it and i'm like well it's not a state i don't want to have it you know but it's a fun i, I can't complain because it's really fun to make it's like most challenging grape in the world. Are so you I using like Boti or using large barrel or? No, it has so much tannin. It's just like, you know, I, in Nebbiolo needs to breathe. It needs like twice as, like, like Grenache is just the complete opposite yeah. wine of Nebbiolo, but then they're the same color, you know, and <laughs> ju- but they're just so drastically different. But yeah, so we just do neutral oak on it and uh, yeah, let it, let it go. So how many wines are you making for the family? nine I think. really yeah so uh, we just 
We just do a lot. Do you of have a lot of aunts stuff. and uncles or something, or no? I mean, we have our wine club that expects it, you know. So that that that's cool. And a lot of them are only fifty. Like the Sangiovese, we do two barrels. Two barrels. That's all we get. Right. Yeah. So I mean, then we just you know our Cab Franc is probably our, our other pretty popular one, just because yep. we've done a hundred percent Cab Franc since two thousand five, where you know it just it started getting popular in the last couple of years. But uh, yeah, it's it just it just won a double gold down at the San Francisco International, cool. and it just it does well every year. And now all of a sudden, Cabernet Franc has the craze. You know, Is it? So, oh, yeah, I dude. think Morvet would have the craze. Like Cabernet Franc. I mean, Washington did dude, to me. Mo- Morvet is coming. Right. It's definitely coming. I think you're. I think you're spot they can on. Sp- they can say it. Yeah. <laughs> It scares them away. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so it's kitskysellers.com if you want to check it out. You make the wine for the mm-hmm. family. You also make wine for Upside Down Wines, of course. Now, we were chatting about Syrah. You have the estate, the Gold Drop Estate blends, and you have something which is the Syrah with a different label. It's a, it's a young lady. She looks like Argentinian or something to me. Yeah, so uh, this is our first artist collection bottle that we're doing. Um, we do a Syrah, and then we do a Grenache Mavedra co-ferment. But they're... Uh, it's shot by my friend Stephanie Severance, who is a really talented photographer. So check her out on Instagram too. But it's uh, she does like abstract portrait art. So you know you never see the full face of stuff, and it's just like really abstract stuff and just really cool ideas. And uh, I went to high school with her, and we saw a couple of her photos. And this was an idea that we had going on, and I was like, I need that. I need that on a wine label. So we put her name on the back and stuff too, and. Um, yeah, so it'll change each year, the photos on it. That's fun. And this is uh, has a benefit cause. You actually help to uh, support organizations to end human trafficking. Yeah, so that every Upside Down Wine partners with a different organization. And uh, I brought this one, which we'll be releasing this fall, but uh, we do not have an organization set in stone for this yet. Oh, so okay. I've, yeah, I've been talking with Stephanie about it because it's got to be with art. You know, right. something. Well, great. But, yeah. Well, maybe you can support the Richland Arts Society. <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure there is one. Uh, I know there is one. <laughs> okay. Uh, super cool. Well, any big events coming up there in the end of July or August? What is there? Uh, I know, obviously, we have the Seafair parades over here and all that. What happens over in the Tri Cities? Oh man, we, we is there a drag racing night, <laughs> street racing? They meet at Hastings like every Thursday. So yeah, but but uh, no. Uh, um, we, we got our pig roast coming up for Kitsky wine club. So we have that coming up and then honestly, we just got done with our grand opening for our uh, tasting room for upside down in hood river. Okay. And then, uh, what we're going to do a release for Stephanie's artist collection, um, this fall, um, dates not set in stone, but, uh, yeah, so we have a couple things coming up, but, um, yeah, like I All said, right, just, check it out. just got done with the, the grand opening. Sure, so. yeah. I'm chilling for a sec. UpsideDownWine.com or KitskiSellers.com. It's Seth Kitsky. Hey, winemaker for both. Thanks for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Hey, nice wines, folks. Check them out. Um, oh, and you have a wine club, so you can go to uh, UpsideDownWine.com to figure out where he's. Uh, you can find these d- delicious wines. I really dig the Morvet, and, um, but they're all very palatable, um, well-made, balanced, etc. Uh, it is July. What's happening here in July? We've got uh, a wine wine in Bothell. We've got the auction of Washington wines coming up in August. And of course, we have the Seattle Wine Summit, which is August 25th over at South Seattle College campus. It's an international wine symposium. So check it out at somsummit.com. I hope you enjoy the show. Uh, and we got more fun this summer. And when, remember, when you're out there having fun, uh, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers. Cheers.